All right, before I start the show, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, you might remember that I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, about how his company has helped thousands of people understand their bodies better through metabolism tracking. Well, MetPro just launched a brand new tool that lets you see the same science and tailored strategy that their experts use. So you can start tracking, analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to best. Now, my listeners get up to one month for free when you sign up, so head to metpro.co slash getfitguy to learn more. Welcome to the Get Fit Guys, quick and dirty tips to slim down and shape up. My name is Ben Greenfield, and I'm the Get Fit Guy. Last week, in an article called Nutrition Panel Calls for Less Sugar and Eases Cholesterol and Fat Restrictions, the New York Times reported that the Nutrition Advisory Panel, which helps to shape America's official dietary guidelines, actually eased some of its previous restrictions on fat and cholesterol intake. Instead, they recommended sharp new limits on the amount of added sugar that Americans should consume. But wait, isn't consuming too much fat dangerous for cholesterol-related heart disease as well as increased risk of weight gain? Well, you're about to find out the answer to that and also the best workout for lowering cholesterol and coronary disease risk factors. Let's start by looking at what some of the research says. Well, not only does a high-fat, low-carb diet perform better for weight loss compared to a low-fat, high-carb diet, but there's no evidence that the cholesterol particles derived from fat increase your risk of heart disease unless that high-fat consumption is paired with moderate to high intake of things like starchy and sugary carbohydrates and high intake of oxidized vegetable oils. It's at that point that cholesterol can become dangerous and lead to increased risk of heart disease. But the entire idea that high cholesterol by itself causes heart disease is a flawed hypothesis. A good place to start learning about this would be my fellow podcaster Nutrition Divas insightful episode called Is the Link Between Cholesterol and Heart Disease Bogus? I'll link to that in the show notes over at quickanddirtytips.com. So if cholesterol isn't all that bad, then why is this episode's title what is the best workout for lowering cholesterol, suggesting that you should be exercising to lower cholesterol. Well, I'll admit it. I tricked you. The ultimate focus of your exercise should actually be to lower something called triglycerides, which are a much bigger culprit and a much better predictor of heart problems than cholesterol. In fact, a study called High Ratio of Triglycerides to HDL Cholesterol Predicts Extensive Coronary Disease found that total cholesterol measurements are relatively useless compared to measuring your HDL and your triglyceride to HDL ratio. So what are triglycerides? Well, they're simply a type of fat found in your blood. When you eat, your liver quite easily converts any calories it doesn't need to use, including that from things like fruit, juices, and carbohydrates, for energy into triglycerides. The triglycerides can then be stored in your fat cells, and later, hormones can signal triglycerides to be released for energy between meals. But if you regularly eat more calories than you burn, particularly calories from sources like carbs, fructose, and vegetable oils, you may have high triglycerides, which is also known as hypertriglyceridemia, a high triglyceride to HDL ratio, and this can increase your risk of death from heart disease. 
High triglycerides can also contribute to hardening of the arteries or thickening of the artery walls, which is also known as atherosclerosis. And this increases your risk of stroke, heart attack, and heart disease. Well, fortunately, now that you know that triglycerides and your HDL are ultimately a better measurement of your heart disease risk factors than your total cholesterol, and that your triglycerides become elevated by having too much energy on board, the fix for lowering triglycerides should be pretty straightforward. Just burn as many or more calories than you consume. But why not also get a leg up and get a little bit more specific here? I'm going to give you three targeted quick and dirty tips for how to lower your triglycerides or raise your HDL cholesterol via your workout strategies. So let's jump right in. Tip number one is to do aerobic exercise. So a study called the effects of aerobic versus resistance training on cardiovascular fitness in obese sedentary females took 30 obese women between 35 and 45 years old and split them into either aerobic training or resistance training groups. The aerobic training wasn't anything too voluminous. They just exercised aerobically for three days a week at 60 to 70% of their maximum heart rate for six weeks. The resistance training was performed on alternate days, also for six weeks. During this time, researchers measured participants' heart rate, LDL and HDL cholesterol levels, blood pressure, BMI, and body fat percentage both before and after the exercise regimens. When it came to nearly every cardiovascular risk factor, aerobic training was found to be more beneficial and a more powerful preventive measure in patients who are at risk of developing cardiovascular diseases. That's not to say that resistance training isn't useful for everything from muscle mass to bone density. It's just that if your ultimate goal is to lower the more dangerous form of cholesterol or to increase HDL, you need to include some type of aerobic component in your training plan. A good place to start would be my episode called What's the Best Kind of Cardio? And I'll link to that in the show notes over at quickanddirtytips.com. I want to tell you about today's sponsor, the FitTrack Dara Smart Scale. FitTrack gives you in-depth insights on your fitness progress to help you reach your goals. The Dara Smart Scale measures 17 health metrics, including BMI, hydration, muscle mass, and a whole lot more, and it syncs with the free FitTrack app. So all your health insights are available, well, wherever you are. And the scale takes up to eight different users, which is something I really like about FitTrack because, well, I don't live alone and it's really nice to have those insights available to everybody in the house. Now, I like to track my muscle mass, but my partner has an eye on her hydration levels. So whatever you want to focus on, FitTrack can help you do it. So stop measuring just your weight and start measuring your health with FitTrack. Go to getfittrack.com slash fit to take 50% off your order. Plus, for a limited time, you'll also save an additional 10%. If you go to G-E-T-F-I-T-T-R-A-C-K, that's getfittrack.com slash fit, and you will save 50% plus an additional 10% off your order. So don't miss out on this amazing limited time offer and go to getfittrack.com slash fit. Well, tip number two is to do intense exercise. In the study, Effect of Exercise Intensity on Lipid Profile in Sedentary Obese Adults, researchers split 51 obese adults with a sedentary lifestyle into two groups. One group did bicycling exercise of moderate intensity for 40 minutes a day for five days a week. 
Another group did high-intensity interval training, or HIT, for 20 minutes a day for just three days a week for a period of 15 weeks. Now, after the 15-week period, the higher-intensity, lower-volume group experienced a significantly greater reduction in cholesterol and blood pressure, although both groups showed significant decreases in things like BMI, lipid profile, including triglycerides, and blood pressure. So what does this mean for you? Well, ultimately, if it comes to cardio and your time is valuable, you're best served by moderate, brief bouts of high-intensity interval training. And tip number three is to time your alcohol and your fructose consumption. Here's why. While your liver contains the necessary enzymes that take excess fructose from things like alcoholic drinks, fruits, and juices, and convert those sugars into storage carbohydrates in the liver, your muscles lack that enzyme and ability. So if you eat fruits and other fructose-based sugars when your liver's carbohydrate stores are already full, you're not going to shove that extra sugar into muscle tissue. Instead, your liver is going to quite easily convert that excess fructose into triglycerides. And in case you're wondering, your liver can store about 400 calories worth of carbs before it's full. So for this reason, I'm a big fan of saving my own day's fructose or alcohol intake for when my liver's glycogen stores are empty. And this means, for example, if I'm going to consume alcoholic drinks like wine and beer or fruit, I actually do so after my late afternoon or early evening workout, and not after I've eaten 800 to 1,000 calories worth of dinner or with most other meals. And if I do eat significant amounts of fruit, I primarily will eat it in the morning when my liver's glycogen stores are empty and you actually burn through much of your liver's glycogen stores during sleep or similar to my alcohol timing in a post-workout scenario. So, have you tried decreasing your cholesterol or triglyceride levels through exercise? I'm curious to hear what your experience was and if you were able to quantify that or what your specific strategies have been. You can share your story or ask your questions over at facebook.com slash getfitguy. And until next time, I'm Ben Greenfield, the Get Fit Guy, asking you, what are you waiting for? Go get fit.